1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Happy Friday. It's Friday. Uh, that feels great. It feels appropriate. It feels like it took a while to get to this Friday. Uh, my wife is in Mexico. She's been there for uh, a couple days now, sending me a bunch of photos of delicious food that she's having and enjoying uh, well with her family, which is also awesome. I can't have any of that food. can't make any of it. Um, last night, I did the first day of what's going to be a whole a week. My wife comes back uh, next, the middle of next week, um, and she's the cook in our family of remembering how I ate as a bachelor, um, which was a certain way of eating. And actually, I, I don't know if I've talked about it in a while. I know I've talked about it before on this radio station, though, um, that I eat stuff out of a pot if I make stuff in a pot. So if I cook something in something, I don't want to pour it in something else because that's, that's double the dishes, man. That's That's twice the things. So... I just wait for the pasta to cool like I did last night, and then I just eat it with a fork uh, directly out of the pot. And I think I'm doing something wise. I'm doing something valuable. Uh, some people question it. I don't know who those people are, and I don't listen to them. Okay, my wife is, is among them. Uh, there are others who say these things too. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think it's the kind of thing that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you tell me if I'm wrong or right. 309-340-4464 is the phone number. 309-340-4464. You can text uh, that number whenever you want, whenever you uh, feel like. All right, let's do this. Let's play Biden audio first. Uh, then we'll play um, some amazing audio from Tom Elliott, a guy behind a website called Grabian uh, that combs through a whole lot of television and gives you a chance if you want. You can even pay for that service if you have any need for it um, to uh, create your own uh, versions of stuff. But then he also makes these these mashups of um, actual real uh, news coverage and things or politicians and things they say. He's amazing. He's incredible. Uh, you should follow him on Twitter. I'll get to him in a second, too, because he's got an, an amazing new one uh, about some of the rehashing COVID stuff. But let's do this first. This is Biden versus the teleprompter. Uh, he has issues with this. He's not great. Uh, there's a struggle there. Here we go. They will not be silent in this moment. This moment. We have to remember what I got to know him. Nelson Mandela, when I tried to get to Africa, to South Africa to meet him. And he came back and he met me when he was finally freed. He met me at the White House. And he looked at me, and I swear to God, <laughs> it wasn't unique to me, I'm sure. He said, it always seems uh -huh. impossible yeah. until it gets done. Yeah, there you go. It always seems impossible until it gets done. The, the first part there, in this moment, in this moment, we have to remember, I got to know him. <laughs> Uh, who, sir? Uh, Nelson Mandela. Oh, okay, now we got it. When I tried to get to Africa, South Africa, to meet him. Uh, that was uh, a bit of a, a bouncy mess right there. I, we should actually do, I think I made this joke about something else earlier this week, but we should do one of those, like, sing-along video things uh, with the bouncing ball uh, as you put up all the words that Biden says, and then you go back again and again to try to repeat some of the stuff. I think that'd be a lot of fun, uh, a sing-along video or speak-along video of Biden trying to do it Biden style. Uh, here's another thing that I thought was funny about comments he made today. He said that when his wife or his daughter uh, needs to tell him something, they don't say anything to his face. They don't send him any sort of message on an electronic device. They put a note up in his um, bathroom because he has to shave and he has to look at the mirror to shave. That is a uniquely like he doesn't remember stuff kind of move. And this guy forgets, uh, this guy being our president, that he is in charge of the entire country 
And that seems like a bad look. If you can't remember stuff your wife and daughter tell you, you need it put up on a post-it inside your bathroom as you're shaving in the morning. That, that seems like uniquely unqualified to be our leader type of human. My daughter, Ashley, tapped, taped a mirror, excuse me, a message in the mirror. The way we get to everything gets to me through my wife and daughter now. And so they know I have to shave in the morning. <laughs> so they'll tape on the mirror for real. <laughs> It's for real. That's how they do it. That's how they let me know stuff is going on. They tape it right uh, to the mirror, and then everything's good. We all seem fine. Everything's great. Uh, Yeah, no, it's no problem at all, sir. I'm super glad you're in charge of stuff. All right, let's do one more, and this is one I love. And there's there's nothing necessarily to make fun of about the way he said this or the fact that he said it outside of the idea that Biden might be abusing power and may have been a longtime uh, politician who abused his power. Actually, most Americans in a recent survey said that they believe that the Biden family is at least a little corrupt, if not a whole lot corrupt, which I thought was interesting. But here, let's hear him say um, this simple statement. And he said that his father used to say it all the time. And then I'll react to why I think it's so amazing compared to something else that I was talking about a second ago that's all over the Internet today. I didn't say for that reason, but I cared deeply about it because the ultimate abuse, the abuse of power. My dad used to say the single worst abuse of all was the abuse of power. If- single worst abuse is the abuse of power when you're given capability. And with that capability, you do terrible things instead of good things. Uh, I can quote, I, I think it's the dark night when you say you live long enough to become the villain. Uh, if you're someone who gets given power in the first place, that that's the worst thing you can do. And of course, he's talking about former President Trump, about the um, indictment, about the need to make sure that Trump is held accountable for his crimes, crimes that Biden also committed, which is weird. That's a weird moment in and of itself. Uh, But here's why this is so incredible, because what I would say is from just some sentiment I've seen out there, some stuff I've heard, even friends of mine on social media uh, that definitely don't agree with me politically uh, that are saying certain things, that is a repeated narrative. I I think even actually uh, Jon Stewart uh, did a whole segment on his Apple show the other day about how often Former President Trump has evaded punishment in his day to day life for all kinds of things that other people have gotten in trouble for, Um, uh, you know, all kinds of different fraud and crimes and whatnot, according to Stewart. That means that Trump for a long time has benefited from being on a a unique side of our judicial system and that this is just his comeuppance. That's what Stewart said. So, again, the, the biggest narrative I see out there is that Trump is simply deserving, more deserving than any other politician of being punished for whatever the crime is they catch him for, even though a lot of the politicians who catch him probably committed almost all those same crimes, not just the uh, classified documents one, but there's quite a few other ones that we could probably go back and forth on where someone accuses Trump of this and you could easily accuse someone else of it. Um, it's, it's just interesting to me. And so I thought that this was sort of the, the nail in the coffin a version of demonstrating that, that there is no good team that the bad guys and the good guys, no matter who you are, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, are all really confusing because a lot of them are bad guys or a lot of them at least are very selfish people uh, in the way in which they benefit from whatever it is they're doing uh, as part of the the role they have in our government. Um, And certainly Democrats are absolutely as responsible, if not more so in some ways, than uh, Republicans for the way in which they prop up government and then abuse and use everything that they get through government. And so this is a a COVID retrospective, uh, the fifth one 
in a series of pieces of audio that uh, dissect certain unique things about um, the, the pandemic and the shutdown. It comes from Tom Elliott, a um, valuable guy to follow on Twitter, and it just demonstrates time and again all the Democratic politicians who said, shut everything down, close everything up, don't go anywhere. If you go places, you'll be in trouble, and then went ahead and broke those laws that they were demanding were in place to everybody but them. Tonight, while Governor Newsom is telling all of us to have Thanksgiving dinner outside, he's facing some new fallout for that fancy birthday dinner party he went to at the French Laundry. It was in Napa, which was in the orange status, relatively loose compared to some other counties. Uh, it was to be an outdoor uh, uh, restaurant. Raising some new questions <laughs> about the governor's oh, claims that the dinner was oh, outdoors. indoors. As he has repeatedly Whoopsies. claimed. And I uh, let my guard down. And I apologize ah. for it. Mayor Lori Lightfoot has been adamant that people stay home and socially distance for weeks. I can't make this any clearer. You absolutely must stay at home. We will cite you. And if we need you, we will arrest you. And we will take you to jail. We will beat you. We will tar and feather you. We don't care. We will do whatever it takes to make sure you understand that you stay indoors. Period. There should be nothing unambiguous about that. I guess you would all imagine that a lot of people were surprised <laughs> when she made a trip to the hair salon. That's Whoopi Goldberg owning uh, Lori Lightfoot. That's pretty interesting. I take my personal hygiene very seriously. <laughs> As I said, I felt like I needed to I, I needed um, have a haircut. House I, I, don't, I don't know what you guys are complaining about. I needed to have a haircut. So for me, this made sense again. I said I'm shutting everything down. I'm locking everybody up who breaks all the rules that I'm creating. But then I looked at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, man, I'm getting shaggy. I need I need a good old haircut. I got to go ahead and hit up the salon. And this is – I love that Whoopi Goldberg is in there as someone making fun of this. That's amazing. Uh, I've already played a minute, but I don't care. Let's do some more. Nancy Pelosi under fire tonight after security footage showed her inside a San Francisco hair salon that's closed to the general public. It was a setup, so I take responsibility for falling for a setup. And that's all I'm going to say on that. I think that they owe, uh, that this salon owes me an apology. Almost immediately after telling the rest of New York City to stay inside, for example, Mayor Bill de Blasio loaded up his SUV with government bodyguards and headed for the gym across town in Brooklyn. I need exercise. <laughs> and again, I need it. Come I on, guys. have to stay healthy I so stay I can healthy. make the decisions for the people of the city. I don't know why anybody doesn't get this. Yes, you're all not allowed to go outside. You're not allowed to stay healthy. I don't want anybody to be healthy. But then I'm, I got to be healthy. For, for me, it's important uh, that I do that, and I do that as soon as, as possible because, you know, I'm just trying to, to live my best life out here. I don't know what the problem is with you guys. I, I love it. I love every part of all of the different moments. And that's only a minute and a half in. Uh, this video that Tom put up is four minutes long, and it's more and more and more of that because Democrat after Democrat got caught doing the thing they told you you weren't allowed to do. And if you did, uh, you should be in trouble for it. Um, and so here's the point of this, because it's not just about COVID. It's not just about the politicians individually uh, that are referenced there or anything else. It's about the actual issue that we face today uh, in our society, uh, person to person, me to you. When we have a conversation, when we sit down over a beer, uh, maybe at the VFW, I I'm there a lot. If you go, you might bump into me there. And we sit down over a Casper. We start to talk about stuff. And at some point, you say something about how the people I'm voting for, the people that I'm supporting are the bad guys. And you can't understand that I would vote for these people because it's so evident. They're so terrible and awful and horrible. And anyone that supports them 
is a part of the problem, uh, which is essentially the narrative that the politicians are selling us to make sure that we vote for the team that we like, the team that's on our side, uh, almost like a local newscast um, from your, your, you know, Channel 7 News. They're always on your side, uh, making sure you never uh, dabble, never um, consider uh, voting on the other side of the aisle, voting with the other side of the team. And at the same time, the people that you're supporting, a vast majority of them, are doing horrible, terrible things as well and just saying, yeah, but it makes sense when I do it. It makes sense when it's, it's, it's me. Uh, that's what I love uh, because I will say this, and this is, I guess, the last part of this a very long rant, and then I'll take a break. And, and tell me if I'm biased. That's fine. I'll accept it. I don't care. It is what it is. I do believe that the Democratic Party uh, and the, the liberal message is much more focused on we are the good guys they are the bad guys than the opposite. I'm not talking about the far right and the far left. I'm talking about everybody who considers themselves medium right or medium left or medium rare, which is the best way to have a stake. Um, but anyone in that category who puts their nose up in the air and says, how dare you uh, vote for someone on that side, on the conservative? How dare you uh, support any of those people? How dare you even consider supporting Trump now that he's been in so much different um, um, you know, so many different issues and been indicted twice and, and impeached twice and all these things. And he's he's obviously the Antichrist. So how dare you ever support him? And then as you're standing on that very, very fragile slope, that that completely, you know, a uh, glass um, um, portion of, of ground that you're, you're standing on. You just got to glance over for a single second and be like, our team is. Oh, no, they're terrible, too. Our team is awful. And again, I know that might be strong words uh, for people who support our former president. I'm just uh, simply trying to make a point. That the idea that there's a politician out there right now running for uh, an office, uh, especially one at, say, a, a high level in our in our country that doesn't have a lot of baggage uh, of their own, a lot of abusing the system of their own, that is the the least informed take anyone can have in our society right now is that our guys are good and they care about us. No, they don't. They don't care about you at all. They care about themselves. And they care about themselves all the time. And even when they preach for the social justice issue uh, that they think that, that you care about, they do it the same way a business does. Uh, they just want your support so you keep voting for them. They go home and they don't think about it anymore. They don't, they don't lose uh, sleep at night thinking, man, I have to fix this thing in society because uh, people are, are being treated unfairly somehow. They just want you to vote for them, and then they keep doing nothing. All right, quick break, a lot more. Big rant on a, on a Friday. Moving on to uh, lighter things, I promise, next. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I'm actually very excited to have this next conversation about the uh, show at the Cornstock Theater starting next week because it feels like it's a little bit different. Uh, and both the people in studio, uh, one person who it's your first show ever, at the Cornstock, and then I feel like this is what happens every time uh, when I get guests from shows, someone who's been doing a lot of shows there. Uh, so maybe you can start and tell us a little bit more about that, Trish, uh, why this show is, is uniquely different in some ways from some of the other ones that people have seen at the Cornstock, but it's called Calendar Girls. Calendar Girls is a really great play, mm -hmm. uh, so much fun. That a lot of having. fun, very funny. It's very funny. It's mm -hmm. very poignant mm -hmm. in part. It'll sure. make you laugh and turn around and make you cry right away. Good. That's uh, what good theater yeah, does. Bring, yep. Um, mm -hmm. Bring the tissues. <laughs> bring the tissues, definitely. Also, be ready to laugh. We have some really hilarious moments awesome. in the show. A wonderful cast. Uh, I will say that this play is... Um, 
you've seen the movie Calendar Girls, All right. that mm-hmm. uh, it is a group of middle-aged and older women mm-hmm. who decide to raise money for leukemia research as one of the characters' husbands has um, passed away mm-hmm. from cancer. And they decide to do a nude calendar All right. uh, uh-huh. to raise this money. Sure. Um, this is basic, It's a true story based right. on a group of women in England. Gotcha. Um, they just had their 20th wow. reunion of the actual wow. calendar. And they raised a lot of money yeah. and they helped a lot of uh, things. Yep, so that's good. Um, <laughs> there's one thing I have to, I have to address this right okay. away because okay. you guys were telling me off the air about it. Uh, you have been very authentic in your um, approach to this show uh, at the Cornstock, so much so that there is, in fact, going to be a calendar on sale. Is that correct? There is. Okay. We actually created a calendar. Wow. Look at that. Uh, is that. You've been doing a lot of shows at Cornstock. Is this the first time that someone came up to you and was like, hey, we're going to do a, a certain type of calendar? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. All right. I don't know. I, I don't see enough shows. There. I had no idea about uh, this. Yeah. yeah. It was... Um, it, it was a really unique fun experience. day, but a very, very sure. unique experience yeah. and uh, terrifying does and it, fun at the same time. Let me let me ask um, uh, Julie, too, yes. who's here um, and in the show. Does it help you get into character that you actually have done the thing that the real-life story and then the movie uh, has as well? Like, is it is it helpful to, to really understand the parts? Yeah, I think that it is. I think it, it was a great whole-day process to get the calendar made, mm-hmm. and I feel like... Um, as the newbie in the cast, that helped me really feel like I was friends with everyone. And I think sure. that, that is uh, <laughs> an element that you need when mm-hmm. you're helping each other out in the situation right. on stage. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just thinking about all the things like how to stage such a photo right. shoot, that really helps for the play as well. Yeah, so. it gives you a certain perspective. You know, it's mm-hmm. funny. I, I, I've never acted in anything as, as a, a real, uh, like attempting as a real person. But I did take acting classes in college. And we did, like, trust falls and stuff mm-hmm. to get to know each other better. This is a unique version of a trust fall <laughs> is all I'm going to say about it. Uh, so give me a little bit more about uh, each character in the show um, and who you're playing and, like, what people can expect. Uh, let's start again with Trish. Um, I play Annie, mm-hmm. and Annie is a woman whose husband has uh, – well, starts off in that th- he's um, – he passes away during mm-hmm. this show, sure. and she's the one who I think really has uh, a big heart mm-hmm. and um, is, wants to do something. She wants to do something, and she takes everything kind of seriously. Sure. Uh, she worries. She's a worrier. Uh, she also has a lot of fun. Uh, Sherry Beaver plays mm-hmm. Chris, and they are best friends and have been best friends for years, and Sherry and I have played together on stage before a couple oh, wow. of other times so it's been really a fun experience to have that chemistry with her again was that helpful stage. if you have to play really good friends who obviously come up with really unique ideas yeah. um together it is okay. uh, sherry's great fun and uh, like i said we've done a couple of shows together before awesome. so it it really helped to have i think that chemistry and trust mm-hmm. with each other and now you know you know other. her very well now. very very well <laughs> I know. Fair enough. It, yeah. You get to know each other sure. very, very well. Yeah, no, I imagine. All right, and then let's uh, go ahead and have the same uh, kind of question, same answer from you, Julie. Uh, what's the character? Who's the character you play? Okay, so the character I play is Celia. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the new member of the group, which actually fits really well because most of the people playing the other roles do know each other from past shows, and oh, wow. I didn't, so that kind of was true to life. Um, she has defected from the golf club ladies, so she's a little more posh and um, into golf in a way, but doesn't fit in with the old group, and she kind mm. of is trying to break into this group of um, the more Women's Institute, more fun, gotcha. more real. I got gotcha. yep. mm-hmm. yep. 
Cool. And so um, tell me something else that people could expect from the show. I know since some of what we're saying and even the fact that there is a calendar uh, that's available, although the calendar is strategically placed things, right? Like it's not yes. It's not quite what – Lots of props. <laughs> okay. Makes sense again. <laughs> um, but because of that, because of the content of the show, uh, maybe even though most shows at the Cornstock are easily described as, as family-friendly, you might uh, consider the, the age of uh, the kids if you're bringing them along, maybe – High school age is easier or safer uh, mm-hmm. for those that are worried at all. Um, but beyond that, too, uh, just asking about it, what are some other things people could expect from this show? Is there anything we can tease specifically? Oh, it's it really has everything. I've I've read that it was described as a romantic, dramatic comedy. It's it's got all of it gotcha. in there, all the different moments, um, the lightheartedness of it. There's a lot of kind of British one-liners that oh, nice. are really funny. But at the same time, the themes are very much about friendship and mm-hmm. kind of growing older. Um, are there accents? Be, do we do accents? We do not. Okay. Right. Thought about it, but no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, there's a lot of things already going on. I feel like adding yeah, accents yeah. to the equation is enough. Uh, there's some things that people need to know about any show they go to at the Cornstock. Uh, these shows will start on the 23rd of June, so that's next week. They will run through July 1st. Uh, shows are at 730 um, there's a food truck that changes every time, right? We do. Every show, we are lucky to have some really wonderful food trucks in the Peoria area. Cool. And the food truck that will be for Calendar Girls is called Carrie's Catering, and it has everything from tacos and Mexican corn and nachos to wow. burgers, barbecued turkey legs, nice. all of those things. We also have Catering Peoria for every show that sells beer and wine good. there at the theater. Fair enough. Lovely, That's good. lovely. Yep, makes sense. Uh, we also have, because it's hot summertime, we mm-hmm. have Tropical Snow Cone, um, which is so much fun. They're huge snow cones. Huge. You know, uh, you mentioned that, and it's just <laughs> one second. Um, I was a bartender at Navy Pier um, early on in, in college, which sounds like a terrible job, and it kind of was. Uh, but one of the famous things they had there was a snow cone with vodka in it. I feel like oh. we could mix these things oh, together. Yeah. And if you're already leaving the kids at home, Home for the more adult version of the show, vodka snow cone, not a bad idea. I love uh, that idea. You're welcome. I saw there's also popcorn, right? There is. Okay. Uh, Young's Popcorn Heaven nice. is there for every show cool. also. Uh, so we have a lot going on. I just feel like the park is such a beautiful setting to come and mm-hmm. have a little dinner, have a drink before the show, sure. enjoy the show. Sure. Uh, laugh at the show, laugh cry the during show, the show. We'll make, it, we'll make you do Get it Get one too many vodka uh, snow cones. <laughs> um, one other thing that was interesting, and this is just something that uh, they let me know about too, there's a raffle that's going to be going on to replace the 20-year-old tent at the Cornstock Theater. Um, that's not good to have a tent yep. that's 20 years old. We seem to need a new one. We definitely need a new tent. Okay. Uh, so we have some fundraisers going on. The calendar nice. will be actually be for sale at, sure. during Makes the sense. show. <laughs> and some of the proceeds from that will go towards wow. helping with the tent as along. We have um, koozies and seat mm-hmm. cushions and fans, mm-hmm. those kind of things, a raffle going on. Yeah. Uh, lots of different things to help us raise money. The tent is getting to the point that it, sure. it's a must need to be re- I don't know why. Replaced. I wonder if, like, the, the calendar is very popular and a lot of people buy it. <laughs> Someone somewhere down the line is like, you know how we replaced this tent, guys? You know how we, can, we found this, uh, you know, solution here? Um, but anyway, yes, go to this show. Have a good time. You guys seem like a lot of fun, um, and I think it would be a, a, a great, you know, decision. Uh, $5 for one ticket, $20 for five uh, as I said, the show starts on... For the uh, raffle. For the raffle. For the, oh, for the raffle. Oh, sorry. That's the raffle. Yeah, thank you. I, I definitely was blurring lines. Uh, June 23rd is the first day of the show through July 1st. Anything else we need to know about it? How to get tickets, maybe? 
Just um, go to Cornstack's website? Go to Cornstack's website or Perfect. give them a call, and they will help you get your seats. Perfect. And I think it will be a fantastic show for the summer. I feel like now that you've been challenged, both of you, first show <laughs> and not first show, um, you have to wonder what's going to be the next show. Like what's the challenge that you have to do some other time? for? Oh, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> this may be it. the most challenging <laughs> thing. I, both, of, both of your faces were like, oh, I have no idea. It could be anything. All right, well, thank you guys both. Uh, sounds like a lot of fun. A quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, I think this is interesting. I'm going to play some audio of Barack Obama, uh, who popped up on the podcast with uh, Axelrod, the Axe Files, or whatever they they call them. Uh, Of course, um, David Axelrod, someone who was a former advisor uh, to former President Obama. Um, here's what I'll say before I even play the audio. Uh, Obama is an articulate man. He he says things in ways that maybe some other politicians don't say stuff. So I'm definitely going to refute uh, some of the ways in which he's going about uh, essentially trying to downplay the um, campaign and the narrative, uh, if that's what you want to call it, that Senator Tim Scott is creating uh, while running for office as a conservative. Uh, Tim Scott is someone who I've really thought is interesting and really thought says valuable stuff. And Axelrod even said, as he's asking this question to Obama, you know, part of those speeches that Tim Scott is giving, that other people are giving, sound a whole lot like the speeches we used to give when you were in office. And then at some point there's this turn, there's this transition. And at the heart of that debate is whether or not our society is the society that Democrats or or liberals tell you that we're in, or the society that conservatives tell you that we're in. Uh, conservatives are much more hopeful about the current uh, version of the world. And so, again, I want to play some of this Obama take. Uh, as And I thought it was really interesting that he starts out by saying, you know, I haven't studied or really heard uh, much of what Tim Scott is saying, but ah, let's just generalize it and go after him along with anyone else on the right that I disagree with who speaks as a minority, uh, because that is the other unique difference, right? Uh, With any time when um, mainstream media wants to discount the narrative of the right, discount the narrative of the conservative, uh, the way in which they typically do that is saying that this person is someone that doesn't even understand uh, the problem to begin with. Uh, That is not a way that you can uh, try to argue with the narrative that Tim Scott is providing to the country because, well, uh, Tim Scott is a black man and seems to know more uh, than, say, anyone who hasn't experienced his life, uh, what exactly his life was like. So interesting, unique voice. But first here, some of what Obama said uh, in reaction to the narrative of both Tim Scott. And actually, he also brought in and mentioned uh, Nikki Haley and how apparently he um, sees her as an opportunist in the world of how she describes herself. I haven't spent a lot of time studying Tim Scott's speeches. I think there is a long history of African-American or other minority candidates within the Republican Party who will validate America and say, everything's great and we can all make it. I mean, Nikki Haley, I think, has a similar mm-hmm. approach. She does, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, look at me. I'm an Asian, Asian uh, Indian-American woman. And my family came here and we worked our Clarence Thomas has probably gave the same speech at some point, mm-hmm. uh, I guarantee in some commencement. Yeah. I don't think it's a, 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 and I, look, I'm not being cynical about Tim Scott individually. No. I am maybe suggesting that the rhetoric of can't we all get along and the quotes you made about, uh, you know, from my speech in mm-hmm. 2004 about there's a United States of America, that has to be undergirded with an honest 
accounting of our past and our present. Yes, it has to be an unregarded, uh, good word, account of our past and our present. Uh, this is something I'll say a lot, and this is coming from a 30-something white guy uh, who acknowledges that I don't understand uh, what it's like to not be a 30-something white guy. Um, call me woke if you want to. I get that our unique life experiences informs us differently of the world in which we live. Uh, but I'll say, and I, I know that I've, I've had this conversation uh, with other people uh, that are in, say, my generation or Gen Z, um, a lot of that past, and I'm not trying to blame past generations for it, uh, say like it's the fault of the people who lived at other times, uh, but those past generations had a different ways of, of let's say, um, talking about and dealing with things uh, that have been quite a bit changed now. Uh, in our society, my education, I was taught all of the things about about history. And I know that the other um, generations were taught this, too. Again, not trying to go after the individuals here. Uh, just saying, I think our society has evolved. I think there are things that we like the civil rights movement occurred. And I think there are things that that did change in our society. And when you seem to walk into a room and say that everything is as broken as it was before, what I believe you do and what I think certain studies say you do and what I even think um, and people get in trouble all the time for quoting Martin Luther King. If you're not allowed to as a white guy and I do it more than maybe uh, I'm told I should, but darn it, I don't care. Uh, I believe that the real message um, for Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Uh, was in finding a way for society as a whole to move forward and not try to move forward still individualizing ourselves, still saying that we have to do something here, something there, wherever it is. It doesn't matter. I, I don't know. I, I just I think that when you deny progress, you make it more difficult in society for people to desire to keep helping in whatever the change might be that you're still asking for. Because it'd be sort of like this. Let me let me make the best um, comparison I can. Because Tim Scott's message is you can be anything you want to be uh, if you put in the work to be the thing you want to be. And it doesn't matter uh, what your sex, what your race, what anything is, uh, any parts of you are. And I agree with him. I think there is a meritocracy that exists in our society. And I know a lot of people who've succeeded in situations that seem like, hey, uh, this is going to be more difficult for you to succeed in. I've actually even mentioned myself as a example of someone who grew up in a, a single parent home, who grew up in um, pretty um, not so wealthy conditions. Um, and I, I give a lot of um, support and praise to my It's actually Father's Day over the weekend, but my mom deserves just as much praise for Father's Day as she does for Mother's Day. Uh, so there, there were a lot of things I overcame in my own life, and I'm not trying to compare it to the lives of, of people who don't look like me. Um, but again, I just think it's interesting because that, that narrative, that conversation about um, progress hasn't really been made, uh, that gets said all the time, um, makes you feel as though no matter how far up the hill you've pushed a boulder, uh, that when someone tells you we haven't pushed this uh, boulder up the hill at all yet, you're like, well, man, I don't know if I should keep trying. I don't know if I should keep pushing and, and, and attempting uh, because denying the world we live in now does very much seem, as um, Tim Scott says, to be politically useful and not necessarily an accurate description of the society we're in today. Uh, that doesn't reject the the ways in which the past has has impacted uh, the world of today. But you have to acknowledge both if you're trying to have a fair conversation and not a, a uniquely um, um, manipulative conversation is what I would say. And I think that that happens to be the case, especially in how uh, Barack Obama, again, very affluent man, is talking about this because he is trying to disregard the experiences of the others who are saying that 
you know, my life is an example of this. My life is an example of that. He's saying basically, uh, he's just saying it way better than just basically. Nuh-uh. 1470, 100.3 WMBD, Craig Collins show. Lots of stuff out there. To talk about Friday. Feel like I should do less news. And yet here we are uh, doing news. Uh, let's play this audio real quick. Uh, this is odd. Um, I played audio earlier this week of our president saying that he wants to build a railroad from the Pacific Ocean to the Indian Ocean, which is not a thing anyone wants to do, and that's insane. Uh, he's actually made that um, that mistake twice now. The first time he said it, he was in the U.K. He was sitting down with the prime minister, and he was talking about something that definitely was not a railroad from the Pacific Ocean to the Indian Ocean, and yet that hasn't been corrected a whole week or so later. Uh, he ended his speech today in a sort of jarringly odd manner. Uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, first and foremost, the queen passed away. Uh, but then also, what is he doing? He's in Connecticut uh, when he's saying this. But here we go. Let's play the audio of uh, what Biden said to end his speech today. All right. God save the queen, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'd be sitting there like, uh, huh? Um, again, uh, the queen uh, passed away, so um, I, I guess she's probably with God uh, then. Uh, since I'm Catholic, I would believe such things, but I, I don't think you can save her uh, anymore. Uh, she's where she is. But also, like, why? Is that something he's – why did he say God save the queen? And so does he know it's a week later and he's not in the United Kingdom anymore, or does he think he's still in the U.K.? Uh, there, there's unique demonstrations of, of scary mental health issues I want to play. I don't know. Has he just started saying this at the end of conversations? Does he like hang up the phone uh, from whoever it is he's talking to, no matter who it is, and then just say, God save the queen? Uh, here we go. One more time. Let's play it. All right. God save the queen, man. <laughs> man, come on. All right. Um, I'm out. Uh, does anyone, can anyone tell me why he said that? If you think there's an actual reason for it, 309 340 4464, you can text me. 309-340-4464. He's in Connecticut. He's not in the UK. And the Queen is is not with us anymore. So it, it's a weird moment, to say the very least. Uh, let's actually play this. Uh, this is MSNBC and an NBC News exclusive uh, report uh, where they're being way more honest than you expect MSNBC to be about something. Uh, this is also about Biden. Uh, this is about whether or not he's had a conversation uh, with Xi Jinping uh, after they flew a spy balloon, uh, China did, over our country because there was a narrative for a while, um, and they report on this accurately on MSNBC, uh, that Biden really, really wanted to talk after you, again, flew a spy balloon over our country, one of several that you fly all over the world. Here we go. Well, what we learned, if you remember back in February, after the U.S. shot that Chinese fire balloon down, President Biden came out publicly and said that he expected to talk to President Xi soon, in his words, and that they were going to get to the bottom of this. Well, what we're learning is that behind the scenes, what happened is the president wanted to talk to President Xi. That call has not happened. Um, and he said that Shocking. he thought his relationship with President uh, Xi could be great. helpful, that he could tamp down the tensions mm -hmm. if they just had a conversation and smoothed this over. And they didn't have a conversation and no one smoothed anything over and it got no uh, better. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that I laugh at odd and strange times 
And I have to be honest, having text messages now as an aspect of the show is going to make that even worse, not better, because you can't see the text that I can see. But I just got a text from a 309 that said, I see dead people, uh, which is obviously a reference to a, a movie I still haven't seen, uh, by the way, and maybe our current president uh, who still sees the queen everywhere he goes. But that's a brilliant text from the 309. Thank you for that photo. Uh, 309-340-4464 is the number to text me at. 309-340-4464. A uh, 217 area code said maybe he is saying, uh, God bless her soul or save her soul. It's a weird thing to say at the end of your speech, um, but a good guess because that's got to be what it is. And then another texter said that they agree with David Van Camp that Biden's just an unintentional time traveler, that he he steps into each day unaware of where he is and what he's doing. And sometimes he's pretty sure that it's a week ago or, you know, he's a week in the future or who knows where he is. But no, I, I agree with that, too. It's such an odd, again, thing. Uh, but to go back to the China thing real quick, um, that's the version of a leader we have and why he's bad even to Democrats, why Democrats don't love the guy in office right now and aren't exactly um, thrilled that he's going to run again and no one else is going to run against him. Because if our own country can just dismiss the stuff he says as, ah, well, who knows? Think about how other people, think about how other countries deal with Biden, especially if he's on the phone with another world leader and there's not someone else helping him in that conversation. If he says stuff like God save the queen while hanging up on the um, president of China, there is a really good chance that they don't care at all any kind of deal they just came to uh, with uh, our president. So this is another of the many reasons why uniquely bad stuff uh, seems to be happening or at least could happen. And I don't know how we're just ignoring it. You know what? Actually, I'll, I'll play something else uh, to further ram that point home again on a Friday where I shouldn't be doing as much politics as I am doing. But it is what it is. We're where we are. Uh, Senator um, uh, Fetterman, John Fetterman, spoke today um, and he was absolutely propped up in what he was talking about. And so he had every opportunity uh, to talk about I-95 in a way that that mattered. And instead, we had a very, very broken version of of questions. And look, I'll say this about Fetterman specifically. Um, I don't think that all of these demonstrations of inability to speak are as significant demonstrations of inability to think as those of our current president. I think the inability to think is definitely more an issue with Biden than it is with Fetterman. But every single time Fetterman struggles to get a message across, to get a point out, to, to do anything in the world of communicating valuably, it demonstrates how he should not be in a political office. He should not be someone uh, with the health uh, issues that he had with the stroke and then the depression and everything else he's gone through to be challenging himself, to be pushing himself at a time where something – and it, it just seems irrelevant to a lot of the politicians that sit next to him and listen to him each day when he can't articulate what he wants to say ever, uh, certainly not about an I-95 uh, bridge collapse and how important of an issue that is uh, in uh, Philadelphia specifically. Uh, instead, we get a jumbled mess, and then he walks out of that meeting, and he must feel like he's wasting everyone's time because – and again, not trying to, to be – I mean, about someone that's gone through a, a health thing, he is. He shouldn't be a person in this role for his own good, is my take on it. But here is what he sounded like when trying to ask questions and have a conversation about a collapse, important, I-95 bridge in Philly. You're recognized. 
Uh, no, I, I, I uh, would, would, would just um, really like to, you know, the 95, 95, 95, you know, um, you know, obviously that, you know, you're pretty much preoccupied with the 95, and I, know, I certainly am too, and we know it's a major uh, eatery, not just for, for Pennsylvania, but for the East, the East Coast. And a lot of Pennsylvanians are worried that the delays and repairs bring to its stand still. You know, Earlier today, some comments. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just had it repeat itself. But, yes, that's that's part of the question uh, that Fetterman asked, 95, 95, 95, you know, and then just continues to struggle through every aspect of it. It's It's, to me, like a glaringly obvious – I mean, talk about Feinstein. Talk about anyone you want in the world of politician being forced to do uh, things when they, for their own self, more so than any of the rest of us, shouldn't be doing things, uh, any of the things that they're doing. Uh, but this is is not at all the first – I don't even play all the examples on the show. And maybe I should play more, but we're in Peoria. Uh, we didn't vote in that race. We're not going to influence the next race for a senator out of uh, Pennsylvania. So it's it's not going to be a thing uh, that matters as much to us. Um, but But still, it's just – It's something that I can't get over in how uh, glaringly awful and terrible uh, the example of a person that's gone through the the health stuff he's gone through and struggled through and then just being told to just keep plugging away, uh, basically, and even being propped up in a way that seems almost reckless uh, for um, him or for any of the politicians uh, at all, because it begs for us. Uh, to react to it and talk about it and say how how bad it looks or how bad it sounds to hear him say 95, 95, 95, because he can't even articulate uh, what he wants to say in the first place. Here, I'll play it one more time, a part of that audio. Uh, no, I, I, I uh, would, would, would just um, really like to, you know, the 95, 95, 95, you know. Um, you know, obviously that, you know, you're pretty much preoccupied with the 95 and I know I certainly am. Yeah, I feel literally uncomfortable as I, as I play that audio and look at that individual, try to struggle through, um, speaking, um, after being given the platform to speak, because as a politician speaking is a big part of the gig. I hate all the performative politics and all the manipulative politics that we have today. Uh, I'm not saying I love, uh, the rhetoric crap, uh, that exists here in the world, uh, but that is just so much uh, different. Um, and, yeah, I agree, actually. Someone said, oh, come on, don't bash the poor guy. I, I agree with you. He had a stroke. I'm saying that, 309 that just texted in, that I don't – I purposely don't play all of the audio that goes viral of Fetterman on this show because it seems mean. I, I'm being honest about it. At the same token, he's in a position that it doesn't seem like he should be in for his own health, for his own well-being. He's someone who should be – you know, encouraged to step down and they should find someone else uh, to be in this role. Because, yeah, I don't want to bash the poor guy, but I also have to be honest when someone decides to be a politician that they're not doing the job the way that they should be doing the job. And it's not their fault if they're ill. Uh, But that doesn't mean you just put your fingers in your ears and ignore it and just let them keep showing you how much they probably shouldn't be doing what they're doing, Um, which, again, I, I think it'd be for his own benefit 
if he were asked to, to step away. I could not hear the clip again. Someone just sent me that text. Uh, we might be having an issue uh, where on one radio station you hear us and another radio station you don't. I don't know. Uh, but good luck to us if we are, because uh, that clip played twice in my headphones. Uh, so sorry about any technical issues. I'll try to fix those if I can. All right, quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. And one more time, I agree with you. Uh, 309 that texted in saying, don't bash the poor guy. He had a stroke. I agree with you. But if we're being honest about his health, then I think he should say, for my own good, I'm deciding to step away and let someone else who's not trying to recover just a, a short time, a couple years after a stroke, uh, and do it in the public eye and do it in a way where I've also um, um, checked myself in uh, for mental health issues. All right, quick break, a lot more in a bit. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. I, I get more texts from people saying uh, they couldn't hear it either, so I think we're having an AM, FM issue, uh, which is just the best. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Brett Brooks at 25 News is hanging out as she usually does. Hello. Um, happy Friday. Hi. Happy Friday. Glad to have you here. You brought some friends uh, who we're going to get to in just a few minutes after the uh, news because uh, they have a whole uh, big organization and things that they're doing, yes. uh, especially something they're doing tied to the Juneteenth celebration that's happening over the weekend. Uh, so thank you uh, for bringing them in and we'll get to them, as I said, in a couple minutes. Um, some other stuff you've been reporting on. You just told me that tomorrow you're going to the steamboat. Uh, thing? Yes, it okay. is a, it's actually a long run. I think it's a 15K, I believe. Nice. But yes, it's usually on Father's Day weekend. It's my first time going, a period from Peoria, and now as a reporter. So I'll be live in the morning show from around 7 a.m. Wow. when I take off. Um, nice. So yeah, and I think that's going from Hamilton, Adamson mm-hmm. Hamilton, up Sure. Downtown. Sure. That sounds right. I've never gone to that thing, but that sounds right. <laughs> uh, so that's early morning for you. Uh, the schedule yes. bounces around all the time as someone who's reporting on a bunch of stuff. I want to ask you about uh, one of the stories you did earlier this week about a Canton man uh, who got a, a second chance at life and actually got to meet the parents oh, yes. of the donor um, of of a, I think in your story, a heart, a liver. Yes. Uh, that it's just incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful uh, thing. Uh, what was that like to cover this story? So I did that over the weekend. Uh, went down to Canton. Um, so Evan, uh, last name starts with a T. Oh, yeah, I just I just had it in front of me. I think um, Turnhoon. Sure. He passed away at age of twenty. Um, he lived in Evans or Southern Indiana, I believe Evansville, Indiana, mm-hmm. and he passed away in twenty twenty. And so his organs were donated. He's on to be an organ donor. And the guy in Canton, I'm drawing a blank on his name, Robert. Uh, yeah, um, uh, Terry. Uh, Terry is the mom. Terry Sperry. And then uh, Kenneth uh, Billington is Kenneth, the yes. organ donor recipient. Yes. Yes. yes, so Kenneth, he received it. Um, he's uh, the patriarch of the family. There's five generations mm-hmm. of family. And he got the heart and the liver wow. from the same person, from Evan. And then wow. he had a chance to meet Evan's parents, yeah. um, Terry. And they were just a sweet couple. So it, was a, it was a really... Um, a, a really powerful moment being in that house in his sure. health and just seeing like the, his impact in the family because his great his great granddaughter was there and she's like a little baby <laughs> and so he was determined to come back home so he went into wow. surgery he has a, an enlarged heart and I guess he had it all his life and the heart did damage to the liver technically because of the heart sure. and I'm not a doctor gotcha even though I'm doing all these organ donor stories <laughs> that makes sense I gotcha so um, yeah. I, I want to ask you what it's like as a news person to be in that moment because it's an important story and, and you told it really well and the the video of people hugging and stuff is so touching thank you but at the same time there must be some party that's like 
it's odd that I'm here. Like, it's good that you're there reporting yeah. on it, but it, it must also feel um, a little bit like you want to blend as much in the background as you can when people are. Exactly. Okay. I was trying to get honestly in and out of that uh, because I wanted them to have that moment with them. I sure. did feel like I was kind of like intruding on them. But they, they gave me some great interviews, some great sound bites. Yes. But I felt like it was such a special moment that well, I was so like. What I'd say, though, is, is one, what's weird is in our society, like everything's on camera now. Like everybody who does everything, they do it on camera in the first place. And second, without you being there, without your reporting on this, like I don't I get the impact of this story. Uh, people don't get the impact of this story, how important it is to be an organ donor, that kind of stuff. So there's so many valuable aspects to, to being there. But it's awesome that you're also in the back of your mind thinking, like, I want to give this to them as much yes. as I can. Yeah, yeah, I really did. I really wanted them to have that moment because you're mm-hmm. dealing with someone who could have passed away, the grandfather. Yeah. And you're dealing with two parents who lost a young son, their youngest son. And, you know, it's it's dealing with loss and kind of like a rebirth, too, because, yeah. you know, he was he's the main breadwinner for that family. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, well, really great story. Um, we will talk about Juneteenth. We will talk about a celebration and the Yanni Collective and how they are tied to the Juneteenth celebration, just what they're doing in general uh, in just a little bit. Uh, Brett has brought in a bunch of people, uh, so I now have a full <laughs> studio, which is a uh, thank you. You're even producing my show all of a sudden. Uh, you know, which is, I, I try. No, it's well done. Uh, so we'll take a break. Will's got the news. A lot more in a bit. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Got a bunch of people in studio, thanks to Brett Brooks, 25 News, uh, and we were just talking off the air and very reporter of you. You're like, I, I know people uh, who are putting on Juneteenth, and I could talk to you about it, Craig, or I could just bring everybody in who's, who's a part of it too, and we can yes. just talk to them. Okay, great. Uh, so let's go first with uh, the two people from Yanni Collective uh, who are here in studio. What are your names? Hey, I'm Lexi, Lexi Lachelle from Yanni Collective. Nice. Four. Nice to meet you, Lexi. And then also, who do we have? Um, I'm actually not from Yanni Collective, oh, okay. but doing my that name is Mary Moore, Mary. and I am the treasurer for the Tri-County Urban League Young Professionals. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and so you guys are, are um, behind Juneteenth celebration that's coming up this weekend, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Super excited. <laughs> all right. So tell me anything, all the things, whatever things, about the Juneteenth celebration this year. So Juneteenth this year is honestly going to be one of our dopest years, in my opinion. We elevated a lot this year. We added, um, we have some of our friends here from the NACWC um, that will talk about the health and wellness aspect of it. But we also have our alumni game that we do every year. Um, We have a hip-hop tribute. And this year, we had to do it this year. We typically do a fashion show. But this year, we did the hip-hop anniversary because it is the 50th year of hip-hop. So we couldn't do it next year. We couldn't do it last year. That makes sense. That's fine. Cool. also have um carver is celebrating their 100 year anniversary and so this year the peoria art guild sponsored a mural and so the community will be able to come out and color a piece of the mural and that will be um, presented in carver for everyone to see once juneteenth is over how many years have we been celebrating juneteenth in peoria do you know with Yanni and Friends, this is actually our third year doing the Juneteenth Festival. Gotcha. However, prior to us, the NAACP has blessed Something. us with many gotcha. years of yeah, activities uh, for it. Can I ask you also, what is Yanni and Friends? What is that? Yanni and Friends. So Yanni stands for you are not involved. Okay. However, y'all are involved. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. And so that's Should what and Friends. Yanni gotcha. and Friends. And gotcha. the and Friends just mean we bring in so many different people. Like the alumni mm. game is uh, presented by Ray Flacco. We have Courtney Langhorn, Shanika Williams, who does the dance teams. We have gotcha. our, the NACWC. We have Brett Brooks, who's partnering with Miss Juneteenth mm-hmm. this year. So that's what the inference. There's is a, there's for. a dance team. 
Yeah, okay. I'm is there going to be a dance off during the hip hop thing at the Juneteenth or no? Oh, that would be I cool. I think you should come and see. Okay. It. All right, yeah, we'll, there will out. be some performances. There will be performances. Okay. I like that you guys say it would be cool because you haven't seen me try to dance to hip hop, which would not be cool for everybody <laughs> out there. Um, so give me a little bit more about your organization then. Uh, so the Tri-County Urban Young Professionals is just a group of young professionals um, that just go out to the community and we kind of like just stay involved with the community, like with the audience friends. Sure. We support every event that they do. Gotcha. We support anything that's going on that involves our community. Can I ask you a dumb question if you uh, don't mind? Uh-huh. Okay, good. <laughs> this is part of what I'm special at on this radio station. Uh, why is it so important to be so engaged in the community? I hear that a lot from people um, that are community leaders. Honestly, for me, it just keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> honestly, I don't get in trouble, it's very but that's hilarious. <laughs> that's the best answer I've gotten no, so far. Really, it's just for me. I just, I love Peoria, and mm. I had all said that I wanted to stay involved and be involved and like last year is well the year before is when I really start getting involved sure. in Peoria yeah and I love what I do for the city so cool awesome <laughs> very much thank you both for being here let's uh, shift to the other two uh, guests that we've brought along what are your names I'm Zakia Floyd and I'm the event chair for NACWC okay nice and then also I'm Brandy Bryant and I am the vice president of NACWC so what is that what is that organization what do you guys do so NACWC is National Association for Colored Women's Clubs. Mm -hmm. We are the Elizabeth Lindsay Davis chapter in Elizabeth Lindsay Davis Club of Peoria. Gotcha. Um, Elizabeth Lindsay Davis was one of our founders here in Peoria. She was one of the founders of Carver Center um, years ago. Um, NACWC was founded in 1896. Wow. In in Washington, D.C. Gotcha. We're a national organization. And so uh, how are you guys involved with Juneteenth? We collabed uh, this year for the first time. Um, we are doing the health and wellness component of Juneteenth. So we have Zakia who can share most of that. A little bit that, more about she that. she is the events chair for okay. that. Okay. So similarly dumb or simple question that I just asked about involvement in community, um, mental health, uh, physical health, all those things, tremendously important. Uh, why is that such an important thing to have at, at something like a Juneteenth celebration? Absolutely. So the community that we're serving, that we're targeting, is going to be down there. Um, normally, the communities off, often uh, face tra- uh, troubles with getting that access to their services, so we're going to bring all those services to them. Sure. Services like free dental exams for the children. Um, I know kids are getting ready to go. We're not really going back to school, but just to get that out the way as sure. a parent, that's one thing that I'd be like, oh, wait, dental exams, uh, <laughs> physicals, that all sure. that stuff. So we have dental exams. We have vision exams as well going on, and those wow. are both required for kindergartners to come back. Um, we also have a lot of mental health services re- uh, bringing down there as well. Mm-hmm. We will have our yoga class that starts off the whole Juneteenth class. Nice. It's free. Shout out to Soulside Healing Arts. Um, they are sponsoring the class with yoga mats as well. So you guys just got to pull up. Sure. Bring a friend. Hang out. And do some meditation do, yoga. Do the yoga. I just saw everybody's like, everybody in the room was very much nodding and happy about yoga. Are you guys all going to be at yoga? <laughs> is this the entire group's going to be at yoga? Is everybody good at yoga? Well, pretty much everybody in here is part of setups. So okay. We'll setup is, is that, that's, okay, gotcha. And then you, you set up set and you're doing the yoga. That's like 730 if you want to come. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my, you know what? Actually, I'm, I'm kind of half joking about that. My wife is out of town. She's in Mexico. She's from Mexico. So she just like left me alone. And so Aww. I need stuff to do. This oh, might be a thing to 
do. All right, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Fix. Before I let everybody go, anything else that we should know? Or, Brett, any questions you think uh, we need to be asking of anybody here? So I heard that this alumni basketball game is, like, the thing to be at. I'm not from Peoria, but I know the high school pride is serious. Are you guys able to talk about the alumni game? Yeah, real quick. Um so every year, we Ray Flacco does the Peoria Alumni Game, and typically mm-hmm. alumni, the hottest games are always Mayo Central, mm-hmm. but because Central has, we've won, like we're under, I say weeks, I'm a lion, gotcha. we're undefeated, and so now we're right. like, we're tired of beating y'all, Central versus everybody. Wow. So now it's Central versus whoever won it, who, whoever wants it, so that's super exciting about this year. So we have a Central roster, the captain is Mike Gills. And then we have the verse everybody side. And I'm okay. not sure who the captain is of that team because they're probably not from Central. I got you. Is, is, that, is, that, team, is that team fully built or are people going to be showing up and trying to like be Oh, a part no, of it's them? fully okay. built. Everything okay. is put together okay. prior to. We actually have a um, flyer that dropped and it has the um, the list of people on each team. Gotcha. So that's pretty And you exciting. still feel good about your chances even though now you're oh, facing? Okay. 100%. 100%. <laughs> I love that. All right. How bad were the, the beatings last? Like were they losing by a lot? To, to Central before? You know, I you know when you graduate, all they give you, you, you just right. you gotcha. get the diploma. You, you don't care prior. about the GPA. We won. So. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah. I was curious if they're like like thrashings, and now it makes more. So well, good, cool. This sounds like an important thing to see. And then also, Craig, Miss Juneteenth will also be there too. All right. Cassie Jones, who was here last week, she will be yes. there as well to take pictures in her crown of sash. So, cool. Yeah, Peoria's first Miss Juneteenth will be there too. Awesome. Obviously. Uh, before I let everybody else go, anything else anyone else wants to say? I can give everybody else the platform maybe one at a time. Something else. Um, yes, um, I am also a event organizer of an event called Boss Brunch, and this year Boss Brunch is July 1st at the Knights of Columbus out on Rantner Road, and we have some like amazing speakers. We have Miss Akia Flores oh, nice. as one of them, <laughs> um, as well as Mark Supreme and uh, the CEO of the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Joshua Gunn. So I know, you guys I like can get Joshua. your tickets on Eventbrite if you look up Boss Brunch. And that's mimosas included, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, mimosas nice. are definitely included. That's very important. <laughs> no, I've met Joshua a couple times now. Had him yeah. on the radio. Very impressive man. Um, uh, what did you say that uh, event was called again? It's called Boss Brunch. It's okay. an entrepreneur's brunch. Awesome. And then anything else we want to say about the organizations? I'm just excited to be able to partner with Yanni this year to bring health wellness uh, aspect to Juneteenth. It's going to be our first year. We'll sure. be reoccurring every year, getting bigger, bigger, bigger and better. So I hope everyone can come out and take advantage of all these resources as free. Awesome. And awesome. on behalf of Yanni, we would just like to thank some of our major sponsors. Sure. So thank you to Amrin, SefQ, NAACP, and Laser Ops, who will be um, providing our bouncy houses this year and an indoor dodgeball Oh, game. nice. Yes. That sounds fun. So after you win at the basketball <laughs> game, you can then own a dodgeball, too, I hear. Well, basketball <laughs> is last, so dodgeball first. Okay, gotcha. Okay, good. And then so, also so break the, people's oh. spirit before you actually start playing yeah. basketball. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. And then also the host for this year is Dr. Bernice Gordon-Young. She's the at-large city council member sure. that was just elected, so she'll be the host kicking everything off. Cool. It sounds like a, a must-go-to event. And it's at and, the Carver Center. Yeah, and I have almost no excuse to not go, because <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to be playing video games in my house if I don't show up. Uh, thank you all for being here. <laughs> a quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470. 100.3 WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. I just got an automated phone call that keeps calling. It's calling every few minutes. I was like, all right, I got I to gotta answer this call uh, just right before uh, we bumped back. And then as soon as I was listening, it was like a, a machine saying, hello, uh, can I have something? I don't know. Uh, so sorry about that. That's what I'm uh, laughing about. Uh, lots of other stuff coming up uh, throughout the uh, show today. 
Uh, thank you uh, for letting me know. Um, one of our, our listeners letting me know uh, that we have more guests in studio, too. And actually, uh, Dan DiOrio will be on uh, just after 5 o'clock. That's kind of who I thought I was calling in. So I wanted to be sure that I wasn't missing a phone call from Dan. Some uh, quick other things uh, just to get to. Um, Al Pacino is a dad again is a story that's all over the place, uh, officially a dad at 83 years old. Apparently, Chelsea Handler went viral uh, with some sort of video uh, about this and some sort of take uh, on the world of, of him having a kid or other people having a kid. Um, I, I don't know. what to th- I can play the audio, uh, but I think that it's probably just the kind of thing uh, that I'm not going to enjoy as much as maybe some others do. But here, let's try it out. Uh, this is a, a viral rant uh, from Chelsea Handler about old actors who have babies. There's a new epidemic sweeping the country, and no, it's not another virus. It's worse. Horny old men who won't stop spreading their seeds. They cannot stop procreating. Between the four of those guys, they have 32 children. Robert De Niro just had his seventh child at the tender age of 79. So how do we protect the women of the world from horny old men? I'm offering to put myself up for auction for any available octogenarians. You can find me on eBay or DoorDash. Wow. I got to be honest. Um, uh, I read a little bit about what that audio is going to be, and I was contemplating if I even wanted to play it. Uh, because I, I didn't screen it. Um, uh, I think, as Jamie Markley sometimes says, you got to risk it for the biscuit. I'm not really thrilled uh, that that's the audio thing that I just played, and that's her take uh, on the world. I know she's trying to be funny uh, more so than anything else, than, than being all that serious, although probably a little bit serious about it. Um, I, I, don't, I have no uh, real response other than I disagree with you, uh, Chelsea Handler, that if guys – are in happy relationships and they make children and they make children at the age of 83 or 70 something or whatever. That's, that's fine. That's impressive. Actually. Uh, they actually say that about uh, women who give birth um, later in life than, than is typical, not seventies and eighties. That's not uh, a thing that, that happens, but you know, like say um, uh, later on than the typical birthing years that it benefits them health wise, uh, that someone who gives birth later in life actually winds up seeing some sort of, of unique, a benefit um, as far as mental or even physical health. I assume the same is true for for men in their 70s and 80s uh, dealing with a baby all over again. But I don't know. I've, I've never had a kid. Um, so it's, it's a unique kind of thing uh, for her to be so passionately anti uh, that. And I, if there are a lot of people listening who agree with her, uh, let me know, because I'm, I'm out of the loop of how this is a uh, an issue that seems to have such diverse or at least one diverse opinion. Uh, other stuff out there. Uh, this is about um, uh, people in the um, uh, baby boomer generation or I guess some Gen X maybe, but mostly baby boomers. Uh, but I thought this was interesting. A new poll found that 63 percent of senior citizens use social media every single day and 25 percent believe that they could easily be an influencer. And the reason why they think they could be an influencer Uh, Much like a whole bunch of young people, Uh, I make fun of millennials. I make fun of Gen Z for this because if you ask a group of kids today what they want to be when they grow up, way too many of them say like a famous influencer on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube. Uh, But people that have lived more life uh, think that they could do it based on just life advice, that you could hand down wisdom uh, to young people and young people would need said wisdom, which – I agree. They do. I don't I don't disagree with this. The only problem is the intention span thing. Whenever anyone who wants to give you advice uh, starts to give you advice, if you're of a certain generation like mine, a millennial or Gen Z, 
the amount of attention you provide to that sort of thing is very limited. And it, it should be higher, especially when I know kids and people uh, who like watch someone play a video game for seven hours in a row. I don't know how you can't listen to 15 minutes of of life advice or hacks or whatever it is. Uh, but I think that's interesting. If you wanted to go viral on social media and become an influencer, like apparently 25% of senior citizens do, uh, you're going to have to goose the message or at least goose the images somehow because you're dealing with people that do not pay attention to things. Uh, I have to deal with that in radio, uh, I think, a lot, is is contemplating how and uh, in what way you continue to re-engage and re-attract uh, the listener because, well, our attention span, as I said, keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And then one other thing I thought was interesting, uh, just with Father's Day right around the corner, uh, and uh, we have the top five at five coming up with Dan DiOrio. Uh, we got some interviews. We got all kinds of things uh, coming up later on in the next hour of the show. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting, the list of of things that are typically purchased for Father's Day and how a lot of people kind of just throw this together last minute uh, when you're buying stuff for dad. It's not quite the same amount of effort that you put in for mom. Uh, number one is a greeting card. Uh, even though Father's Day is the fourth most popular day uh, to purchase cards, uh, especially greeting cards. It is the number one gift given uh, by uh, people uh, to their pop. Uh, so that's not really a lot of thought. Number two, it just says clothes, any clothes. I guess you see something in the front of a store on sale for five bucks. And you're like, oh, that, that seems great. Uh, number six on this list is electronics, uh, which I love a lot. Because again, not very specific. Uh, get something electronic-y. You might think dad wants it and that seems good enough. And then finally, another one on the list that seems to actually be uh, maybe the best. And uh, this is a list of things that people give dad, not necessarily things dad say they want for Father's Day, but a special outing is number three. And that could be anything. And I highly uh, encourage it to involve steak. I think if you go somewhere, if steak is there, I think dad will probably be pretty happy. Uh, it's just my assumption. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. It's the top five at five. But I have a guest to help me out with it on a Friday, Dan DiOrio. How are you doing, buddy? Good. Hey, my fan isn't too loud, right? No, I can't hear it at all, bud. What are you doing? Uh, how are you? How are you doing? Well, I, I, uh, I, uh, you know, I, uh, the the bills for utilities got so high that this summer I'm I'm being real conscious about it. So I set my thermostat at uh, 104. <laughs> so nicely done. I feel like similar uh, to you because I've talked about on the show before. My wife doesn't like air conditioning at all, so I try to resist it as much as possible. Uh, we're at yeah. about like 82. Or something in the house all the time. Maybe 83. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, hey, she's from like south of Mexico City. You could put it at 95 and she'd still be comfortable. <laughs> she would, she'd go to bed with like a blanket and stuff. She wouldn't even notice at those temperatures. Oh, anything. yeah. <laughs> um, let's do some of the top five stories of the day, according to kind of both of us. Uh, one of the bigger ones that's been announced over the last few hours is that the Justice Department will be investigating the PGA Tour Live Golf merger. Uh, what do you think about that, Dan? Well, you know, the Wall Street Journal says it may take more than a year to go through the Justice Department, and then the Senate's going to start an inquiry. I don't know how much this is politics, sure, uh, because of the whole Khashoggi incident and uh, the fact that Saudi Arabia and China are getting really close in the Middle East. It is two private corporations coming together to join, along with DP World Golf, yeah, uh, but they may take away their tax exempt status. They're tax exempt, and there's a rule that anything under ten million. And the PGA does a lot for communities and this and that. Sure, 
but they also make money. And uh, I think they're like, oh, you want to get in bed with the Saudis? Uh, let's work on the taxes. <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's figure that out. Let's see if we can get uh, sweet, sweet additional cash for the government. That makes sense that that would be the move uh, for them. Let me ask you this, because I saw this story earlier this week, and it feels kind of tied uh, to what we're talking about here. If the Saudi-backed LIV organization or any other uh, organization they created went after another major sport in our country, which one do you think would be the easiest for them to also take over? I've been saying I think it's the NBA, and I think it's because of the same template they did with golf. Buy the best players. Well, they're, yeah, they're, they, are, they, are all, they also own minority-owned, big minority-owned, and what, two, three English premier soccer teams? Yeah. They also are the number one minority owner of the WWE, and they have the Knight of Champions and Triple X, former wrestler who's kind of running the show. He's married to Linda McMahon, Vince's daughter. Sure. He came up with this world title that they have this tournament for, which Seth frickin' Rollins won. That's his name. <laughs> and... Uh, the whole thing is, if you get challenged, you have to accept that challenge and defend it any time, anywhere around the globe. Yeah. So the first challenge, Night of Champions, with all these big tag team titles, was in Saudi Arabia. Wow. Okay. All right. That's I don't know. Yeah. Um, do you think that they would go after another sport then, or for all those reasons, do you think they just settle with uh, taking over golf? Well, what's interesting, remember when LeBron James was talking about earlier this year, China and their yes. human rights? Yes. And the NBA is like, shh, <laughs> don't talk about it. Be quiet. Yeah, I remember. Well, I, I, again, if we got in bed with Saudi Arabia and the, let's say the NBA, would they say anything about it? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, uh, the one reason that I think the NBA is the more likely a next sport to target if they targeted any other ones is it's very similar to golf in the sense that you buy the best players and there's a finite amount of those in basketball. You have a pretty good product. If you create it somewhere else with those talented athletes, they could make way more money playing basketball uh, with the amount of money that exists over there compared to, you know, everything that exists in the NBA. So I, I think that oh, would yeah. be a weaker um, uh, sport for us than other ones because of how easy it would be to buy up the best players and have, a comparable product. Uh, some other top five stories at five uh, that might be interesting for us to discuss. I know you guys talk all the time. I think it's always on Monday about cybersecurity, about the importance of cybersecurity. There's this giant cyber attack thing uh, that's in the news. The U.S. federal government, uh, NATO allies, uh, a bunch of different companies. I think some states wound up having millions and millions of people um, have their private information get hacked uh, via an exploit of some software called Move It, which is like a file transfer thing. Um, is it shocking to you? I imagine not that these stories are so consistently in the news and there's still so much work that needs to be done to secure ourselves from cyber attacks uh, Can we, as we continue to fail uh, with these kinds of things. Well, there's a couple of levels. We had Dave Pearl of, uh, uh, Dave Johnson of Pearl Technologies. He's their cyber guy. You know, he runs that whole division, one of the sure. big heads there. Anyway, so, uh, Dave goes, we're, while this was happening, we were working on two other cyber attacks. Now, when I watched Brett Baer last night, they were talking about China and our infrastructure. Yes. And Dave's like, well, that's separate from this. This is getting into, 
how people are paid. A lot of people like move it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, if and 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 so anyone who's on move it and they have their information, yeah, they have a contact number. And when you get on poll, when you get on hold, wow. you hear the song. We like to hack it, move it. We like to, ha- yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's not good. Uh, it seems and, like- and, and it's a group though. I, they think it's Russian. It's called Clock. Right, and they just make uh, a bunch of money. They essentially steal a bunch of data and oh, yeah. then ransom it back to yeah. companies or to whoever, and they they charge millions I, and millions of dollars. I was joking. If it was Clop Clop, they'd be looking at the Amish. <laughs> Uh, that's well done, Dan. Uh, one other story that I want to touch as far as top five at five. Uh, you said you had some uh, unique reaction to this, but um, former President Trump, of course, goes through the arraignment and all the things yet again. And then he goes and does a um, um, a campaign uh, fundraiser, basically, um, in New Jersey. Uh, what are some of your reactions to some of those stories? Well, are you talking about the Bedminster incident or the fact that everyone eats for free and then no one got oh, paid? Yeah. Sure. No, let's do the Bedminster incident. Let's do that one. Uh, I think that's the one you want well, to touch on. Well, supposedly, allegedly, he has uh, classified documents there. Mm-hmm. And he supposedly took the let's tack Iran's nuclear weapons file and waved it in front of an editor and a writer's face. Now, uh, they were talking about this on Cudlow last night. Cudlow's like, well, the, the, the whole thing about classified information is they don't want leakage. Leakage is when someone who's not classified gets to see it. Sure. And Cudlow was going, well, Trump just kind of waved it around. He didn't show it to him, which would be a much more serious offense sure. than what's going on in Florida. But Cudlow says waving around isn't a major crime. But I'm like, dude. Just waving it around. What are you thinking? <laughs> if that's true. Sure. Yeah. No. I. Hey, I, I got this file in Iran. Uh, here's the kill Putin yeah. file, and I'm like, you know. Yeah. You don't be waving it, even if it's not major. You don't be waving it around. Yeah. Well, I I remember within the indictment, if we're uh, talking about the same thing, there's that um, audio recording of him talking about having a classified document that is still classified, and he is admitting he didn't declassify it, and he is holding it up, but um, I don't know if he actually showed it to anyone or not. It was a reporter and other people that were in a room uh, discussing, right. and Trump saying at some point uh, that this exonerated him from – I don't know what it – because it's – we have such limited information since they're not going to tell us what's actually on the classified document in the first place uh, that even the, right. the indictment uh, says that Trump seemed to believe – that this demonstrated some sort of unfair coverage of him in media, maybe about a, a military movement that he made while he was president um, and just didn't show it to the reporter because he admitted it was still classified. That That isn't I don't know if that's a valuable defense per se, um, as far as exposing secrets to other people goes. But if he didn't actually give it to the reporter, uh, maybe maybe there is uh, some I, I don't know. It's it's it, there's a lot of things going on with Trump that that certainly are. Um, captivating, and a lot of people are talking about them. Uh, I wonder if you agree with me to say it this way, though. Even in the world of Trump, we should wait for the, the court cases to play themselves out before we know uh, definitively, you know, what what uh, is accused and what is proven and all that kind of. So we should actually, even in this situation, wait, right? Oh yeah, day in court. We'll see what they have, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. At the end of so, all that, then eventually, although they said the New Jersey case may be serious enough 
that if the judge, who is a friend of or, or appointed by Trump down in Florida, decides to push it back, the whole investigation down there past the election, sure. he could go, okay, let's pursue this one in New Jersey. Yeah. So that's some of the stuff I heard. But, yeah, we got to... We got to let it play out like the whole Hunter Biden incident. Sure. Do they yeah. have it? Do they not? I'm just like, you yeah. know, until it's in the books, I, I, I you yeah. know, yeah. speculation is a matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, do, I do think that that uh, is valuable. One last thing I want to ask you as far as a top story, and I do think this is a uniquely top story here, but um, we're in one of the worst routes in the while uh, here in Illinois. Uh, conditions yeah. are, are as bad as they've been in over a decade and little chance of rain uh, this weekend. Uh, anything you have in reaction to the horrible drought going on in Illinois? I know this is a topic you weren't expecting me to throw out there for you. Well, droughts happen. They've happened for centuries. Uh, it's just the way the system's working out right now. Yeah. I did uh, watch a piece of 25 News. In the short term, one of the agronomists from Illinois said this is good for corn plants because the corn plants will seek deeper and deeper roots to find water and then if we get a, a, a late storm in July and August with high winds, they'll be more stable. Oh, wow. But we can't keep going on like this for more than a couple of weeks. See, I knew Dan uh, would it's have already stunning their growth, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, I, I'm, not, I'm not at all surprised that you had a reaction to that story too, man. Uh, great to talk to you as always. Uh, any sort of health updates for us? Any sort of conversation uh, there at all? Uh, well, you go? know, uh, a couple of things. Uh, today was my last liquid treatment. Nice, congratulations. And uh, so one of the ma- one of the nurses hugged me, and I like I, I'm thinking of my days in golf when I hit a shot 12 inches from the pin, and someone goes, "Nice birdie." I go, "Have you seen me putt?" Uh, <laughs> it doesn't count till it's in the hole. Fair enough. And so I'm not excited about it until it's posted on the board. Just in case I got to play extra holes. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, that is that is uh, quite the analogy. Thank you, man, as always, for jumping on the show and for uh, talking to me. And, um, you know, uh, thoughts and prayers with you, man, uh, that everything winds up. You and have the a good Father's Day, a big scam day in my thing. <laughs> Amen. All right. All right. I'll talk to you later, buddy. A quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. I am very, very happy uh, that the quartermaster at the VFW has brought in the specific guest he's brought in. Eric, how you doing, buddy? Great. How are you, Craig? Yep. Uh, this is good for me. You've brought in a guy that makes beer, uh, a brewer, um, which <laughs> I think he'll probably be back every week now once I've met him. Uh, how are you doing, man? Uh, nice good. to see you. Good. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about Casper, uh, which is in uh, Bloomington. It is a brewery. Uh, you are a veteran, uh, so it's it's veteran-owned, uh, veteran-created uh, beer. Uh, but more so than that, it's a, a microbrew. It's delicious. The stuff you guys make is great. Uh, but give me some information about the brewery well casper brewery specializes in things that probably other breweries just wouldn't bother putting on draft we, we make all the weird stuff all the stuff that <laughs> like i'll give you an example oh, i'm so happy you said it that way go ahead keep going <laughs> so even right now if you were to go into benny's and look for like fuller's esb which yeah. is one of my favorite you know english beers they don't have it they can't sure. get it they they don't have it you can't get it sure so i'm like well i'm gonna brew an esb and put it on draft Nice. Um, and there's other kind of strange German beers, which I think taste delicious, but nobody would ever make and put on draft, like an alt beer. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you, do you guys have a knock you down and make you not realize how much alcohol is in it um, uh, drink? There? Yeah, we, we have a couple of those. Like okay. we have a, a stout. 
All right. And we what's have... the what's the uh, percentage for the stout? Just curious. It's pushing nine or ten. I no, mean, okay, I still so yes, to... those are knock you down. Yeah. Those you've had three, yeah. and you don't realize. Well, we realize... serve them in a Libby glass, nice. so they have to be, you know, portioned out appropriately. Fantastic. And we don't want parents to drive home. No, right, yeah, no. You know. Right, everybody should drink responsibly. Yeah. But that's what I love most about um, locations like yours is there's usually one or two items on the menu that feel way more like you're drinking hard liquor than you're drinking beer, mm-hmm. and yet it's still disguised so well. Uh, we're drinking a uh, Fox Sake, yeah. which I think I just said perfectly correct on the show. <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit about this beer. So Fox Ake is a British brown ale, and brown ales are kind of like the, um, I can't say the word, but they're uncommon, and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, it's, yep. they're easy to make but hard to perfect. Sure. So this is a very interesting beer, and the name behind it is is kind of funny. It's a little long-winded, but I'll, I'll try to make it fast. Sure. I have a friend, uh, Sean, who takes everything I say pretty literally, and, and I'm like, I'm going to make a brown ale. And I'm going to call it, like, Burrito's Revenge or something, you know. <laughs> and he would go, you can't call it that. You can't do that. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you can. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I was racking my brain over this because I was going to make the beer, and I didn't know what to name it. And I'm thinking, okay, we've got to play off, you know, the British. We've got to play off the Browns. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, there's a tawny owl, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not going to play. So then, I don't know what was sticking. I'm like, wait, hold on. I, I want to stop you for a second. Yeah. As as you're figuring out the uh, name of the beer, mm-hmm. are you drinking the beer the entire time you're doing it? Is there a level of like <laughs> drunk where you think, oh, now I know what the right name is? <laughs> I mean, I might have been toasty, but it, the beer wasn't made yet. Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah, it, it might have been fermenting, but mm-hmm. I still didn't have a chance to taste it yet. I was quite pleased that when I did taste it, how well nice. it turned out. So the name comes before the creation. Um, it, it happens with the way it happens. Okay. You know, the chips fall the, where they do. Where they do. Know? I feel yeah. like I'm talking to a guy writing music, like creating music for the first time. It's like sometimes I make the, the you know, music first. Sometimes it's the lyrics. Sorry, yeah, well, continue. This is a little bit of science and a little bit of, you know, dark magic, you know. Sure. So it, it, it does kind of play that way. Nice. Um, so I wanted to have some historical significance to the British brown ale. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, British history, what can we do? And then, and it just hit me, Guy Fox. <laughs> Guy Fox, you know, he tried uh-huh. to blow up Parliament and yes. take the king and his son with it. Yep. And he got caught. He didn't light the fuse to all this gunpowder underneath Parliament. And to come full circle with this friend of mine where I was like, we're going to call it Burrito's Revenge. I'm like, can you imagine when he got caught? He probably crapped his pants. He probably did. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was that was so many different uh, places. And by the way, you said Guy Fox more than one time, and a little bit of me got scared. Uh, but we're totally fine. Everything's okay. That's great, man. Uh, this uh, beer is delicious. Uh, we got to take a break for uh, news. Uh, if Will Stevenson feels like it's been a particularly tough day in the world of news, he can swing in and grab a beer, too, at some point. Uh, we have oh, extra. Oh, don't tempt me. <laughs> don't tempt we me have at extra. all. Uh, we have extra Fox Sake in studio, uh, but a quick break, we a lot more. We have extra what? Uh, Fox Sake. Okay. Good okay. checking. <laughs> I'm doing it right. I know I'm doing it right. I'm here to watch over you. I'm a professional, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, I've heard that. Why, thank you. Um, all right, so we'll take a quick break, a lot more. We got the uh, brewer for Casper Beer. Uh, we got the quartermaster of the VFW in Peoria Heights. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, we drink Casper beer a lot on Friday now that the quartermaster of the VFW, um, Eric, is in studio all the time. Uh, Eric, how are you still doing, buddy? Uh, hey, doing well? This uh, Fox Sake uh, British Brown Ale. Yep. So you brought in the guy that makes uh, Casper beer, which makes sense to me. How did you guys get connected? How did you connect with David? Well, he messaged me first asking how he could put a uh, tap at our, at our place of business, and uh, I asked him what he had available, and... 
from there it just snowballed. Mm-hmm. So. And he is a veteran, and obviously were you targeting a lot of VFWs then, David, as places you wanted to feature your beer? Yeah, that particular um, time I was looking for all the VFWs and just kind of letting them know, hey, I'm a brewer who's also a veteran. Do you have draft beers? Is there anything I could mm-hmm. do? Can I drop off a sample? And Eric was great. He was very receptive to it, and we just clicked. And yeah. it was like... We were best friends over our, you know, text messages and messaging nice. right off the bat. That sounds a lot like the Eric that I've gotten to know, too. Um, <laughs> more supportive than anybody else. You don't have to say He's anything amazing. bad about anybody. Okay, cool. Um, so let me ask you a little bit about how you get into being a brewer in the first place. Uh, is this something that you've always wanted to do? Is this something that somehow connects to something else you do? How, how did you wind up doing this? Well, the first time I got, um, I think it was a Father's Day gift, actually, like a nice. Mr. Beer. Nice. And I'm pretty sure I made vinegar the first time, and I let it go <laughs> for a couple of years. Sure. But I'm an organic chemist. I have an undergrad in biology. And, wow. it, you know, we tinker naturally. Uh, mm-hmm. And so putting those things together, um, it just kind of clicked. And so it was cool when you make your first batch of beer that's actually you know good. Good. Yeah. You're hooked. I understand that. You're hooked. Um, uh, actually, I had a buddy that got into home brewing as well, and he would throw like the batch party when he mm-hmm. actually was done with his batch, and none of them were good, and we didn't know how to tell him <laughs> that none of them were good because like you got you got to wait for that, bud. Like you shouldn't the first or second one you make, you shouldn't be like everybody come over yeah. and try this. Um, has there been a lot of trial and error? I getting the point you're at now. I mean, you do have your your batches that you know, teach you lessons about sanitation. And, mm-hmm. and then after you learn those lessons, um, you are extra diligent to make sure, sure that everything's super sanitary. How many things do you have on tap right now at Casper? About 19. 19? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. How many total have you created? Are there things that are retired right now that are sitting around that come back? We do have a couple seasonals. We're about to run out of Munich Dunkel. Okay. And we're going to put on our very first ever New England IPA. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be called, we already know the name of this one, it's going to be called White Noise. Nice. Why is that? Because everybody makes a New England IPA, <laughs> and ours is going to be just like everybody, everybody else. else's. Uh, you know, you were yep. telling me this off the air, that when you make a certain, um, you know, beer, if it is from somewhere else in the world, you try to match the taste of the water to whatever part of the world it is you're picking to make this this product. Why do you do that? Yeah, water is extremely important in beer. There's a huge difference between... Like let's let's just look at a Guinness for example. Sure. Why did the Irish make a very 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 dark beer? It's because their water is loaded with calcium carbonate, and that's a very soft kind of water. It uh, neutralizes acid, and so they had to make a dark roasted beer to make it acidic enough for the enzymes to do their job in the malt. Okay. And so then you also look at like a Czech Pilsner where their water is so, you know, bereft of anions and cations that they could they could really load it up with hops and and they have to do acid rests and everything else. So regionally, the water you're provided by God will dictate the kind of beer you can make. Um, and just so because I, you're a chemist, you can mess with the water before you do anything else. Yeah, Bloomington's water is really good, actually. So okay. we, ha- we have a chance to work with a pretty good slate to get as close as we can to, say, Munich's water. Mm. You would be a unique advocate for the water in Bloomington to, like, show up in a panel and be like, it's so good I make all this different beer from it. <laughs> that, is, that is awesome. Uh, let me ask you guys both a little bit about events coming up. Uh, first, at, at Casper Brewery. You got anything coming up on the tap? Yeah, we have uh, July 15th. We're having a veterans uh, fundraiser. We work with uh, Veterans Maintenance Solutions who we raise money for, and they go and help families of veterans and veterans um, in their homes where they don't have money to fix things, simple things like steps in the front of their door or a broken pipe. I mean, these people are really in bad shape. So if you can come out and help support the veterans, that would be great. July 29th, we're having our very first, Bloomington's very first, Vegan Fest. And we have a a nationally recognized food truck coming in called Future Foods. Mm -hmm. 
excellent um, all plant-based food. We're going to have a band, karaoke, and we're just going to have a day of it. I got to be honest, I'm a little surprised that one of the events coming up for you is a vegan fest. I wouldn't have naturally put those things together, but I'm sure they make sense. I'm sure it's a new kind of cool way to get a bunch of people enjoying uh, your product that are also maybe not having the traditional, like, you know, bar food. Yeah, I think vegans are a totally understated uh, community, Mm -hmm. and um, they're kind of forgotten. Sure. So having an event like this, I'm expecting several of them to come together. Well, and I would be honest, if I ever went vegan, I would be drunk a lot, uh, is the other thing I would say (laughs) in response to that. Um, (laughs) Eric, uh, what do you got coming up at the VFW? I know we talk about it every so often, but please. Sure, this weekend we got a busy schedule coming up. Uh, We have a ride for kids uh, tomorrow morning. Um, Registration's at 10, takeoff at 11. We're hitting Hannah City, McQuan, Victoria, the Psycho Silo, Peoria Heights VFW, then another bar in Peoria. So if you have a bike, come on out ride for that. Uh, the Pekin VFW is doing a Jeep run for St. Jude. They're hitting all veterans organizations, starting with Pekin VFW, Washington VFW, Peoria Heights VFW, the AMVETS in North Pekin, the Marine Corps League in Pekin, and then returning back to the VFW for some mouse races. Nice. And those start at 6 p.m. Okay, cool. Um, I, earlier in the show, I was talking about how um, people of different generations might now want to be influencers on social media. I think that was when you sent me a text saying that you're in, you want to do this. Uh, do you want to give me a little bit of react? Was that the story you were tending, sending me a text on about wanting to be a, a social media influencer who gives life advice? <laughs> uh, you don't want to life advice from me. <laughs> Wait, you remember what it was then? You said you were in on something. There was one of the topics I was talking about earlier in the show. Well, I was in because we were in the lobby. Okay, so gotcha. We okay. are in. <laughs> I thought you meant that you wanted to be in on the topic. All right, here's what I'm going to do then. Um, I'm going to ask you guys one last thing. You're both fathers, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, Father's Day is coming up. Uh, you said you got your first um, brewing kit as a Father's Day gift. Um, do you feel that fathers get the short end of the stick compared to Mother's Day? We can be honest about this, right? Yes? No? <laughs> I, I silenced you know, the crowd. Yeah, no. I, I know. Honestly, I mean, I mean, for us men, I think we have less expectations. Yeah, you don't need as much. End. Right. right. Yeah. We're a little yeah. easier to please. Yeah, the, the list but of things that... So you could call that short end of the stick if you'd like, but... <laughs> I think a lot it, of dads just don't like attention. Yeah, yeah and right they don't now. they don't have a specific... Yeah, We're pretty content with yeah. whatever you throw at us. You Fair know. enough. Is there any other great Father's Day gifts or Father's Day moments you guys would want to share uh, in honor of Father's Day? Well, I would say that beer kit was pretty life-changing. <laughs> you know? Sure. Um, yeah. Me and my wife actually do something very special on both Mother's Day and Father's Day. Um we both decide that we're going to leave somebody in charge to babysit the kids, and we go out and leave them all nice. alone. Nice. That's good. So we start our, our day off with uh, some noon o'clock drinking. Nice. And then we go visit shops and hang out with each other. Is your wife thrilled that you're a brewer? Is that is that a happy thing or a not happy? She's I'm... never tasted my beer. Never? No. Why not? She doesn't like beer. Okay. No. That's uniquely interesting. <laughs> Isn't it? To think, yes, to think about a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does she shake her head every time like you go to start brewing something new? Is there? Oh, is... I think she's she's long over that by now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. Every conversation we have is like, mm-hmm. you know, you only beer what you want to beer. Right. You know? I'm going to use you as an example. If I try to get into like brewing at home now, I'll be like, well, look at David, man. That guy took off. <laughs> so really, you know. Uh, and then, Eric, anything you want to share Father's Day? Any memories? Anything like that? No, I'm just glad to have my kids. That's the, the biggest, biggest gift for me. Yeah, it doesn't so, matter if you get awesome. a trinket from the front of a store that costs five bucks. That's okay. Nope, I still pick on. <laughs> I'm the same. It doesn't matter. I'm trying to trap you guys, and everybody's ignoring me. That's fine. Quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. More in a bit. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I'm very excited about something that's about to happen in a second. First, though, the VFW in Peoria Heights 
is a place that I go a lot. It's a place that Eric, our quartermaster, who's in studio, uh, goes a lot to, uh, and a lot of reasons to go there. Uh, it's a great bar. Uh, you've got a pool table that's almost always available, uh, which is exciting to me. you got the game room in the back where I love the fact that everybody says they're donating to the VFW when they go back there, um, which is very cool. Uh, 309-682-9875 is the phone number. 309-682-9875-1505 East Lake is the uh, address. Uh, sit down, get a Casper beer. You say the Craig Collins show, you get the Casper beer for uh, a discount, right? Yeah, we'll get a discount okay. for that. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, if you name drop me and then ask for <laughs> Casper by name, and you get some money off. Uh, and you also, as I say all the time when I talk about um, uh, Peoria Heights VFW, you do a lot of really cool stuff in our community. You do a lot of giving back, and we're about to do a version of that live on the radio. Uh, we have our friend that we just met last week uh, from uh, Real Steel. Um, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Great. Uh, Eric, I don't know if you want to take this from here, but go ahead. Yeah, hey, I just want to let you know um, the VFW and the membership has uh, voted to donate $1,000 to the Real Steel program to get you started for this uh, season. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is awesome. You're getting 1000 bucks. Holy, holy. I wasn't yeah. expecting this. <laughs> I know. You know what, Craig? First off, you're getting me on the radio when you know that that was a little bit of, you know, a struggle last week. And, but, you know, <laughs> you got your way. Oh, yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, so you're getting $1,000 uh, to get going with your that program. That is awesome. We are so excited. Thank you so much. It'll go. It's going for a great cause, yeah. you guys. I, I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm really, really happy for you. So uh, tell us a little bit about Real Steel again. I know you were on last week, but anybody who doesn't know, uh, give us a little more information. Again, um, what we do is we sponsor um, kids who are at-risk kids who kind of want to get into powerlifting, into weightlifting, kind of learn a routine, and our first responders volunteer to train them. We have uh, police officers, firefighters, EMT workers, and actually a couple of teachers that are going to get involved this year. So we're excited about that. They work out with them two to three days a week, get them on a program nice. that gives them a safe place to work out, get them off the streets, and, you know, get them into something that we can kind of encourage uh, to help find careers at the end of it, um, at the end of their school year, and talk to other folks who can um, talk to them about trades and give them other options than just running around the street. Sure. And, and like I said, give them a safe place to work out. How much of an impact is this $1,000 from the VFW and Peoria Heights going to give you guys? How much of a, an impact is it going to be for the beginning of this kind of program? That That is going to be huge. What we do with anything that we raise, we give back in either working with kids is, you know, getting, getting them shoes, getting them clothes, getting them, you know, anything that they would need. We partner with CityLink who gives us complimentary bus passes so we can get the kids down here. Um, wow. you know, and get them down here safe. And then what we'd like to do too, we're discussing it currently with our board member is last year we found out that one of the local high schools here has very limited equipment in their gym and so what we would like to do is help raise money to get them equipment um in their gym because if you go to a gym and there's nothing in it nobody wants to work i mean who really wants to work out at a gym anyway but if we can get them equipment that will help them you know give them kind of you know some inspiration to get in and you know take care of their health you know we want to do whatever we can and we want to partner with a couple of local businesses here that will help do that so we're just you know we're putting you know our money where our mouth is and just getting the word out there and trying to get people to help volunteer and you know get kids off the street 
And now the VFW in Peoria Heights is helping out with that, too. Yeah, How can other people that, get involved if they want to follow the lead? That is awesome. You know what? The VFW <laughs> has been a, a huge partner. Um, the last year they, you know, donated money to help um, get things kicked off. Wow. And, you know, we've got um, we've got a big ride coming up tomorrow. Everybody's meeting down at Wink's Iron Lot at 833 Southwest Adams between uh, 10 and 11. We're going to take off and just go hit some local businesses and, cool. you know, enjoy a nice day. You know, I, I just realized that I can help out in some way, too. It's not money. I don't have any money for you. I can't uh, give you $1,000. Uh, maybe I can print off the giant check if we want to give them a giant check at some point, Eric. But I also think maybe – That would be awesome. Because right, you always need a giant check. Uh, but I, I thought yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe I show up to one of these workouts and I'm the cautionary tale. Uh, the guy that you don't want to become at some point who can't lift the weight of everybody else, uh, that you tell all the kids, don't try to be him, try to be these other people. I can help that oh, way. Oh, no. Well, we Love also, him. I stopped there the other day, Craig. What were you going to say, Eric? And we're going to put a sign up there that says, lift Craig Collins. <laughs> and as long as they can bench yeah, press your weight. If they weight. can bench press me, they're fine? <laughs> Fantastic. I will be wa- workout be equipment. Not that big cardboard that. You know, you know if, if I did that idea and not the cautionary tale idea, I need to bring Casper beer with me, and then I'll be drinking. None of the kids will, and it'll be fine. Uh, well, thank you so much for jumping on the show, and, and congrats. Um, uh, glad to well, be working with you. thank you for everything, and thank you, Eric, from VF- and everybody at the VFW. We look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow night when we, we hit you know that location up there. Cool. Awesome. All right. We'll talk to you later. Um, was that fun to give away $1,000, Eric, uh, live always, on the radio? It's always <laughs> fun, especially getting a reaction from people. Yeah. I think um, it's it's really surprising. And actually, we were just talking off the air uh, with David Casper uh, of Casper Brewery about how involved you get, how much you care, how much the people uh, that also uh, run the VFW with you in Peoria Heights care. Um, is it ever a thing where you're talking to somebody, and I've been encouraging people who listen to this radio show to go ask about all the philanthropic work you've done, uh, that you're involved in so much, that you guys are doing so many different things. Is that something that surprises a lot of people who walk into the to the bar? Yeah, a lot of people are surprised how much we do. Um, our biggest thing is is make an impact, not just a Band-Aid. We're here to make impacts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll do what we can for the community. We'll do what we can for the veteran organizations as well. Yeah. Um, that's what we're here for. And that's because of your service, do you think? Is that why you're more motivated and why the group of people who decide to approve this stuff, approve this funding, are more motivated to help? Yeah, a lot of it's from our, our past you know, experiences in the service. Also, you know, we know the need that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, once we see somebody in distress or somebody who needs more help, nice. we're here to support that. Okay, cool. Uh, do you want to say anything about your relationship, David, with the VFW in Peoria Heights? You know, um, I will say this. We have a name for people like Eric. And we call them walking saints. Aw, look at that. He's a walking saint. He's Religious. Doing, a lot of people talk the talk, but mm-hmm. he is really. Yeah, no, you know, not you're right. A lot of people will say a lot of nice things uh, to your face, and yeah. then they'll walk home, and they, they won't think about yeah, it again. But this um, man does it all. <laughs> yeah. He's great. So you're, you're a person of faith then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. 100% right. Catholic and, and mean it. 100% Catholic. I like 100% Catholic and mean it. Um, uh, just let me ask you then, uh, before I let you guys go, uh, one more time, if you don't mind. I know we mentioned a second ago. Uh, what events are coming up at both of the places at uh, Casper Brewing? What do you got coming up again? Uh, July 15th, we're raising funds for um, Veterans Maintenance Solutions to help work on veterans' homes. At, cool. And uh, also Vegan Fest on July 29th, we're having Future Foods, nationally recognized food truck, plant-based food with a band and karaoke to follow. Nice. And then uh, I need to get his cell phone number at some point so I can text him beer ideas. You can ignore <laughs> all of them, but I have some already uh, bouncing around in here. They're going to be great. And then, Eric, what's coming up at the VFW? Yeah, we have a motorcycle ride tomorrow with uh, the Real Steel program. Nice. It starts at 10 o'clock registration, roll off at 11, meeting at the Winks Iron Lot Gym. Uh, so if you have a Harley, come on out, ride with that. 
Topeka and VFW is doing their St. Jude Jeep run. Uh, starting at Topeka and VFW, that starts uh, registration at 10 o'clock, roll off at mm-hmm. 11 o'clock as well. So if you have a Jeep, come on out and support that as well. And that's what we've got going on cool. for this weekend. Um, I have to encourage everybody one more time to not only go hang out at the VFW uh, because I'm there, and actually my wife has told me I have to check in with you guys while she's in Mexico, <laughs> which is my favorite thing. She's like, just check in with Jen or check in with Trish, someone at the bar. <laughs> make sure that you're not doing anything dumb, and then you can go home, uh, which I don't think many wives tell their husband to go to the bar while they're out of town. Uh, mine does. Uh, but beyond that, too, I wonder if people would just come in and talk to you about uh, this philanthropic stuff you've done and maybe uh, donate to the VFW somehow because you know it's going to go uh, to good places. Places into good use. You don't have to just uh, play the games in the back and lose money that way. Uh, there's got to be some way where they could just offer you guys uh, funds, right? They just come sure. in maybe? Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, because um, it, it seems to be a mission uh, that you have. Is that a mission in life or a mission with the VFW? Uh, I've been raised to take care of others before self, so. Okay. All right. You don't like this. Goes. See, the other thing that's funny about this is you don't like this. This is the, the least favorite part of any time I have you on the radio <laughs> singing your praises. You're like, yeah, I don't know. Other people do stuff, too. All right. right. got to get out of here. Uh, we have beer in studio, so we're, we're definitely um, done for the night. 